Don't you think the federal government ought to be able to define a woman? Hi, I'm Peyton Luke, and this is First Liberty Live. If you haven't already, be sure to go check out our app and download it wherever you download your other apps by just searching First Liberty Live. This will enable you to watch some of our episodes on just your phone or even in a podcast format. So you can watch it while you drive or getting ready in the morning or wherever it's most convenient for you. So Christine Pratt is joining us today and she is counsel here at First Liberty Institute. Well, hi, Christine. Hi, thank you for having me, Peyton. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. So Christine, there is growing concern surrounding the reform of Title IX, and it's totally understandable. So while it is under the veil of inclusion, there are some very concerning situations when it comes to things being uncomfortable and invasive mm. in the situations, such as in the schools, the locker rooms, the bathrooms. And I think we need to talk about this. So no matter if you're a Christian, if you're Jewish, if it's even secular, like there's growing concern for a reason. So what does this newly proposed policy mean for society and the next generation? Yeah, so Title IX is a civil rights statute. And what it did was it told the Department of, of Education, uh, we wanna make sure that we don't give any federal funds to schools that discriminate on the basis of sex. Because um, at the time in the early 70s, they looked at the statistics and they realized that um, women were held to a different standard for admissions into colleges. And when you look at what was happening with athletic programs, those athletic programs were being funded in totally disproportionate means. And so they, 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 there ought to be a law, like we need to fix this. We need to treat uh, men and women more equitably. We have to treat them fairly. And so that's where Title IX came from. Um, and what it, what it does then is the Department of Education then promulgates their specific rules. What does it mean to discriminate on the basis of sex? That's what the Department of Education does. They, they, they get down into the nitty gritty of it and they say, well, um, if, you know, obviously like it, in, in sports, that's a huge area. There, there's been so much litigation, even in modern times where women weren't allowed to play games on Saturdays. Um, and, you know, in some recent court cases uh, where they, they, all their stuff was broken and, you know, their athletic fields. Um, and so to correct all of this, uh, the Department of Education regulates this, the Office of Civil Rights there. Um, keeps an eye on things. You can submit complaints to their office if you're aware of discriminatory behavior and um, it keeps everyone in line. If you lose your federal funds, that's devastating for any school system. And um, that's what has everyone so concerned is what happens then when the regulations, the sex discrimination regulations now um, become dark and actually end up hurting women. What do you do then? And that's our situation that we're in. Yeah. So recently, the Biden administration is trying to adjust some of the policies and introduce some new things. And you, on behalf of First Liberty, submitted a public comment. Now, not everyone is super familiar with public comment and what that means within our governmental system. Hmm. So could you just break that down for us and how that works and how that functions? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, something super cool about our government uh, that maybe not a lot of people have heard of or know um, is that you can tell the government directly what you think about what they're doing. So the Administrative Procedure Act 
is a federal statute that constrains the federal government, especially the agencies. And it says that before you promulgate, you know, you publish some huge new change, you're going to you know, give everyone rip whiplash, right? You're jerking them around. You have to let them know what you're planning to do before you do it. And you have to open it up for comment. What, what does the public think? And so you can go online to the government website and there's a little box and you can type up your thoughts in the box, tell them exactly what you think. And so of course we took the opportunity. We're like, actually, we do have opinions yeah. about this. Um, we're, this is outrageous. And so um, I, I, you know, shared, um, it was a collaborative effort here at First Liberty, talked to a lot of people and wanted to make sure that we told the Biden administration all of the ways that they're gonna hurt people, especially religious people. And, and, and it's not just Christians, it's Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, the Baha'i, um, Falun Gong. I mean, there's so many religions that, religious Americans that have important beliefs about sex and how you should treat people on the basis of sex. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing now with the Biden administration is this crazy flip um, where they're basically calling evil good and they're calling good evil. And this is gonna cause a huge problem for students, teachers, staff, administrators. Um, the, the potential for harm here is enormous. Sure. And so in some of the new policies that they're trying to institute, it also asks for to redefine the definition of sexual harassment and sex discrimination. So this yeah. is getting in some of the details of the yeah. new policy. So what are some of the changes that they're trying to make um, in comparison to how it was understood in the past? Yeah, so uh, what the, the first thing I'll note about this is that these regulations never define sex. They never say, well, they can't define what a woman is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, they totally refuse to. Now, what's interesting is sex hasn't been defined in the statute before because we all we all knew we all know there's men and there's women and you should treat them fairly. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it, you know, Title IX protects men, too, if the pendulum swings exactly. in a crazy way. And, you know, guys are being discriminated against. They're not being offered the same opportunities yep. um, that Title IX protects them, too. Um, but I just think it's fascinating. So what the Biden administration does, they don't tell us the definition of sex, but they do add new protected classes. They say that never in history has this ever been done. But they say if you discriminate on the basis of sex, it, me it also includes sexual orientation, gender identity, um, sex stereotypes, uh, pregnancy and related conditions. That becomes important later because um, if somebody says an opinion about abortion or a student wants to be accommodated, maybe excused from class to go get an abortion, now refusing to excuse that student is sex discrimination. It's a civil rights violation. And that school could lose federal funding if they don't excuse a student to perform an abortion. So there, there's all these new things that they're shoehorning into the statute that originally came about out of a desire for fairness, um, for, for decency, for getting along together. And it's probably one of the most divisive, um, harmful regulations I've seen come out of this administration so far. Yeah. And so I also was reading some of your, your comments. This is her, her public comment. And um, it was also talking about how a hostile environment, they didn't clearly define that well. Or sometimes yes. it was down to just like one offhanded comment being made and yes. suddenly you've created a hostile environment. Yeah. It's 
So talk to us about that. Yeah. So to explain the change, I'll say what the what the old or the, actually they're still current because uh, they haven't published the final rule yet. Yep. They've only told us yep. the proposed rule. But um, so current regulations, when it talks about sexual harassment, um, these were published in 2020 under the Trump administration. And what they had found was that like sexual harassment is a really big problem, especially on a lot of college campuses. Mm -hmm. And so they defined it. They said, um, if there is a severe, pervasive, or objectively um, out, like instance of, of sexual harassment, so assault, um, something, uh, you know, it, if maybe the person never touches you, but they're always calling you, they're following you around, and it's this like very pervasive issue, um, that's something the school needs to help stop because we sure. want to protect people from being assaulted and stalked and mistreated. Yeah. Um, and now the Biden administration, though, is taking this clear definition. It came from Supreme Court opinions. This is something the Supreme Court has already ruled on about sexual harassment under Title IX. And the Biden administration is taking the concept of sexual harassment and now saying they removed the, that definition and they broadened it out and they made it super broad. So they said, now it's a balancing test each school has to figure out for themselves based on some factors. Um, not, not, this is not an exhaustive list of factors. So they say how often it occurs, um, how severe it is, whether there's a history of this behavior. And then they say, but this list is not exhaustive. So the school could consider other factors that none of us know about. Um, and they even say they go so far in the proposed rule when they're talking about what sexual harassment might mean, they said if if the um, the complainant, the person who alleging sexual harassment, if their grades went down, that could be evidence of sexual harassment, but not always. So maybe their grades stay the same. Um, they might drop off of sports team or quit extracurriculars or they might not. Uh, so they, they give all of these examples and factors, but they never conclusively say what sex harassment is. It's simply a balancing test. They also say that sexual harassment should be uh, understood both objectively and subjectively. That's in the regulation. So when we start getting into subjective feelings and look, I get it. Like I have been uncomfortable in social situations. It's not that we, we don't acknowledge that discomfort, but that's not how you make law. That's not how you make regulations. And that's certainly not, you cannot use subjective bases to punish someone by expelling them from school, accusing them of sexual assault, sex discrimination. Um, so it is a mess, Yeah, in my opinion. Because some of this sounds really, really vague. Like there's yeah. nothing to measure it by until a situation comes up and, right. oh, sorry, you were out of line with what the government wanted you to do, and now you're in trouble. Yeah. So it, yeah. what and are some of these schools gonna face if they didn't institute this? Or do they allow for religious accommodations? So Title IX has in its statute, this is not something the Biden administration can undo, thank goodness, there's a religious exemption, but this is only for schools that are controlled by a religious organization and who's, for, for whom the tenets of their religious beliefs conflict with Title IX. So, um, you know, there are a lot of just religious individuals at public schools, private schools throughout the country, K through 12, college, secondary, um, and they're gonna be slapped in the face with these new regulations. 
And I'm going to read just part of your public comment that you had here. And it's like, the department's proposed changes will fundamentally alter longstanding Title IX regulations that permit schools to separate the sexes in multiple circumstances. So I would read that and think it also includes sports. So how is this going to impact sports moving forward as well? Yeah, so uh, the, the Biden administration did a very interesting tap dance in the regulation because they specifically said they're like, look, this doesn't apply to sports yet. We're gonna do a separate rule down the road, which I think we all kind of know what's coming mm -hmm. even when it does arrive. But um, as I'm looking at this rule and I'm thinking about putting myself in the position of a school, the, the, the regulations say you cannot separate the sexes based on gender identity. How is a school supposed to implement this and how can it, How there is no way to separate um, athletics from this rulemaking because it applies so directly and it also applies to locker rooms so you have men and women who might not want to be completely unclothed or partially unclothed in front you of have open locker rooms you absolutely yeah and bathrooms yeah um, but these are really sensitive areas um where somebody would have an expectation to privacy and these regulations undo that definitively. Yeah, and I know too, a lot of people think of Title IX and it's protecting primarily the girls, but also in those situations, that's extremely uncomfortable and invasive for the boys and that's wrong as well. Yeah. So I think it's it's for both sides because Title IX also protects both in those areas of privacy. Yeah, and and what's, what's really amazing and, and alarming and <laughs> unfortunate um, is that this brings direct conflict for so many religious Americans. And again, of so many backgrounds. I, I did so much reading and research for this about the beliefs of Buddhists and how they they have really strong beliefs that actually you don't have a gender identity because they they believe, you know, you should have like a clean slate. You should have nothing. If How can this regulation force a Buddhist or Christian or Muslim or Jewish um, school teacher to affirm someone's gender identity if that's if there are deeply held religious beliefs conflict with that um, or students who their religious beliefs they they you know they teach modesty they don't want to be exposed or forced into intimate situations um, with somebody that that conflict, conflicts with their religious beliefs yeah and sometimes when we're talking identity and not even the biological sex what if someone as a high schooler elementary mm -hmm. it's like they identify as a boy one year but oh next year i identify as a girl and then now they're in the girls locker room mm -hmm. and everything else because it's so fluctuating yeah and I, I think it's so important in these instances to also acknowledge that in no way is this ever meant to like denigrate or push back against and and discount like the struggles sure. of um i mean it, it is hard uh wherever you sit that sure. you're trying especially i think in high school and in those mm -hmm. contexts of trying to like find your way um but ultimately the goal is to create a place of tolerance for all people and especially for people of faith the first amendment is a law in this country and so this regulation you know in a sense makes paints very mainstream, long-standing religious beliefs about biological sex as something evil, discriminatory. And a lot of these religious people, when you get into the writings and you look at why, why does God teach this um, from whatever background you come from, why does your understanding of God and morality and, and religion lead you this way? They say, well, 
we love our bodies and we want to be able to communicate that love or at least even just live our religious identity that God loves you as you are. And, you know, I'm so sorry that this is hard, but you can't disrobe in the locker room together with me. It's not to take anyone down or make them feel bad. But if someone has this message of love that your body is beautiful and that like there's there's an answer and you know we're here for you it doesn't mean you can race against girls on the sports teams that you can um you know force a teacher to affirm a specific ideological stance that conflicts with their religious beliefs there has to be a way because this is america and america's awesome there has to be a way in american schools for all of us to live together peacefully where we're not making someone's religious beliefs just evil now and illegal yeah so what would you say to the everyday person or the everyday mom that might have a child that's in the elementary school or in high school and maybe is concerned about some of these adjustments that are coming, what can they do? How can they voice their opinion, whether that's public comment, school board, mm -hmm. what can they do to be involved? So the public comment period it has closed. So um, that avenue isn't uh, available, but it is so important to be awake and aware, to know who your kids' friends are, to have those kids over to the house, that you're a part of their life, that you're caring about them, being involved at school board meetings, go to, I mean, I know that there's not a lot of spare time, but um, it, you know, if we don't fight for our schools and we don't teach our kids that these beliefs are precious and they're worth fighting for and taking a stand for, um, we're gonna give up so much ground. And I, I think it would be a, such a huge disservice to the other people at school who think that um, there are no better answers out there. Christine, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Um, I would also just say that there are always opportunities for future public comments. So I will let you know about those and um, we can let, let folks know as well. It would be great to engage with government as much as possible in these times. Thank you, Christine. And thank you all for your support of First Liberty and the work that we do to defend religious liberty. If you would like to donate, be sure to check out firstlibertylive.com and the big button that says donate. First Liberty is your last line of defense and your greatest hope for victory.